we thank you for your goodness. Let's just wait on him for just a moment as we shift gears. Lord, we just give you first place, Lord. You're the head of the church, Lord. You are the head. You're also the foundation stone. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here. We thank you for the many signs and wonders and miracles that have come through the years, Lord. The the prophetic words that you've spoken over this place. The men and women that you've raised up, Lord. The many, many, many souls that have been saved. We thank you, Father God, for you are King, you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. A few quick testimonies. I was uh, chatting with Pastor Marco down in Mexico, and he's excited. He was doing a class, and a number of the interns went down and uh, Pastor Jake went as well, and we had special meetings down in Mexico, and uh, we've seen a number of people get saved on the street. How many know that when you spread the gospel, the Holy Spirit moves and, and He confirms the Word? So we had many people get saved on the street, and then we had people get saved in the nightly meetings. And then He did, He calls it an encounter meeting, where he took a lot of the people that got saved, there was about 50-some people that were added to his church, that, which is amazing, through those meetings. And he, they rented like a hotel building. Uh, they brought them in. They worked with them for a couple days to, to cement that decision for Christ, to get them filled with the Holy Spirit, and then to bring them through a process of freedom and then a commissioning time. And it took a couple days to do that, but he said, it has been a wild time. So he was just sending me some testimonies, and and he was showing me a classroom that's full of people that are now taking classes. How many know that the the gospel still works today? So their church has been in in a high since the team came down. Isn't that good? It's, It's amazing. It's the same gospel. The same gospel that they believed before, but they were in kind of a, he said they were in kind of a low time. Got really busy, busy with family, busy with things. And he said, to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And the team came down, and it's like the Spirit of God awoke people, woke in a good way, amen? Woke in a good way, amen? Everybody gets so nervous with this stuff, you know? We need to be woke for Jesus, for the Holy Ghost, for the gospel. So the Spirit of God moved down there, and now they've been at a high ever since. Isn't it amazing how you can get into a mindset? You can get captivated by a mindset and live at a lower level. They were not doing anything wrong. They were obeying God, and God was doing things from time to time signs and wonders and things. But it's like that fresh breeze of the Holy Spirit brings everyone up to another level. That means it's, it's, it's right here, right now, if we step into it. When we had Tom Scarella here, we had a really good outpouring 
a lot of prayer, power of God was present. I remember in different meetings going way back. I remember one time we had, uh, I was, uh, we had a special speaker here. Powerful worship, people crying, the power of God was here. And the glory of God was so strong. I was standing right, right about here, and we had a big pulpit thing at that time. Some people called it the desk. You remember that? Big old wooden thing. And years ago, we had a mic attached to the, that had one of those flexible things. And every time you moved it, it went crank. Everybody would wake up from sleeping. It's like revival came. So, you know, things were going good. But that night, the Spirit of, the, of God began to move in the church. And it's not that God retract, retracts the Spirit. It's that we're not always in the Spirit. And you get around an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit and you want to go deeper in the Spirit. But it's always right here. It's attainable. It's quiet in here. So, the worship is playing. We're at this conference here. And a lot of people here, people are hungry for the Lord. And the Spirit of God is really moving strong. And I, I'm waiting on the Lord over here. And the worship team is playing. And, and uh, it's getting later and later. And the guest speaker didn't get up to speak yet. And, uh, and I'm finally, I'm like, Lord, we need to get this thing moving. We paid to have this guy come. And I'm standing here, and I said, Lord, I'm going to get this thing moving. And I turned like this, and when I did, the Spirit of God fell on me, and He said, don't you touch that mic. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? This isn't how we have church. Here I am arguing with God, the creator of the world, on how to do church. You know what I mean? Sometimes in our cell groups, the Holy Spirit's trying to win someone to Christ, but we're not finding the voice of God. We're not listening, amen? And He's there wanting to use us. So I'm standing in this meeting, and another five minutes goes by. People are worshiping, but it's getting late. And the speaker keeps looking at me like... And uh, so I, I finally, I turn, and I go to touch the mic. And the presence of God came over me, and He said, I said, don't touch that mic. Now He's getting rough with me. So I'm standing here, people are staring, speakers staring, I'm wondering what to do, but there's a sense of glory in the room. What I should have done is just sat on the floor and let God do His thing. And I'm waiting on Him, and I remember, I, I finally, I turned, 
and I took like one step towards the mic. And when I did, the power got hit me, and I curled up in a ball, and I sat on the floor. And I started to laugh. I said, this isn't going according to my plan. (laughs) So there I am, I'm on the floor, people are looking at me, they're wondering what we're doing. We have a guest speaker that can't seem to get to the mic. And uh, so I'm now on the floor going, Lord, I don't know what you want to do. So... Uh, the, guest, the, the, the guest speaker brought a, a friend with him. I think he spoke as well. And uh, he's, he said to himself, I'm going to get up there and get this meeting going. He was sitting right over there where Bonnie is. And he gets up and he comes forward. And when it was like a 10-foot, maybe not a 10-foot, maybe a 5-foot circle, 6-foot circle up here, that the glory of God in this church began to build in such a powerful way that when he got close to the pulpit area, the power of God hit him. He is staggering. He hits the back wall. He slides to the floor, and he's laying there crying under the power of God. The guitarist falls backwards, slides down, and he's sitting on the floor. And I said, God, we paid good money to have a speaker here. Good Lord, what are you doing? How many remember that meeting? That was a long time ago. I remember that. And then the guest speaker finally, after like 20 minutes now, and people are like just standing in the audience like, what do we do? But the glory was there. The guest speaker gets up and he walks boldly to the pulpit and he grabs the mic, and the power of God hits him. He falls on the floor, and he rolls under the pulpit, the big pulpit, and he gets stuck, and he can't get out of there. And all you hear is, (laughs) I'm over here trying to be professional. I'm a pastor, and we've got harvest on the floor back here, the guitarist on the floor, the guest speaker that I was trying to get up here is under the pulpit, crying and laughing hysterically. And I thought, good Lord, we shouldn't have paid him so much. (laughs) And then I remember Gary Danielson finally got up, Walks over, and he gets about to hear, and he's feeling pretty bold. (laughs) And he reaches for the mic, and when he touches it, the power of God hits him like electricity. And he stands and he shakes. And finally, I think he sat down, shaking under the glory of God. How many want the presence of God back in the house of God? I'm telling you that we need the Word of God. I I read the Word all the time. I listen to the Word all the time. I listen to Galatians, the whole thing. I don't know how many times last week. I'm always in the Word. But sometimes God just wants to move. Amen? And I feel the Lord saying, I'm setting you up for a move of God. A time of my spirit to rest on this house. 
We talked about the ox anointing a, a number of months back, and I just feel that tangible sense of excitement again coming into the house of God. You don't have to stir it. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to be super spiritual. You just worship the Lord, encounter Him, and let Him pour out. Just say, Lord, I want that. He's wanting to pour out His Spirit. He's wanting to, to release the friendship of God again. The friendship of the Holy Spirit. The friendship of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to... I, I had a whole message, and then the Lord was dealing with me this morning. And I, I'm just going to go right to, over to the, the Bible here. Is that okay? And I'd like you to go to Romans 8. We're just going to have some fun here for a couple minutes, for an hour and a half. <laughs> Whoever said that, I love you. When I, when I gave my heart to Christ, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I did. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I remember I got up the next morning. I was at my cousin's house. The Spirit of God was hovering me over me. He followed me for like weeks, and I wouldn't submit to him. I was just hard, and I was crusty, and I was, you know, I was just, I, I was, at that time, I was dating somebody, and I was, uh, that was before I was married. And, uh. Someone I probably shouldn't have been, well, someone I shouldn't have been <laughs> dating. And uh, I was really fighting God because uh, if I was going to sell myself out to the Lord, I wanted to really sell myself out. And I didn't feel like I was ready for that yet. The Spirit of God would hover over me and lay at night and i just sweat because the presence of God was there. You ever been there? I remember that night I'm laying there and the presence of God at my cousin's house, I'm laying on the floor in a sleeping bag, and all night, we go to bed about midnight, one o'clock, two in the morning, the Spirit of God is just hovering over me. That's the only way I can explain it, the Spirit of God Himself. So I knew that people were praying and fasting for me. You ever feel that when people are praying for you, when you're, when you're running from God? It's like a good, bad thing, or a bad, good thing. And I remember I finally at two in the morning, I, I was making, I was debating or I was trying to bargain with God. I said, God, I'll serve you, but I want to keep my girlfriend. God, I'll serve you, but I still want my weekends. God, I'll serve you. And, and the, the spirit of God was just hovering and hovering. And finally I broke and I started to cry and I was saying, oh, God. I said, I just want to serve you, but if I serve you, I want to really serve you. I want to know you. And when I said, I want to really know you, it was like the Spirit of God that was hovering. Instead of hovering, it went inside of me. And I remember I woke up the next morning, and I remember waking up, and it is the craziest thing. I felt so alive on the inside. I knew that something supernatural had happened to me. I was not the same person I was the day before. I woke up and there was this, this sense of the Spirit of God in me and around me. And I would whisper to him and he'd whisper back. I remember I went up into the kitchen area and I looked out the window. When I looked out, it was like I noticed every leaf on the tree. 
everything was alive and vivid. I began to uh, read the Bible. I would study it at night. I was so compelled to read the Bible that I would read it until 2, 3 in the morning, and I'd wake up and it would be stuck to my face. That happened night after night after night. I started to go off and I'd spend time with God. Every single day I'd drive to the same place and I would sit there and I'd read my Bible and I'd call out to the Lord and not a whole lot happened the first week or the second week, but pretty soon the voice of God began to speak to me and He'd give me people to pray for. And after another few weeks, He began to speak to me and give me assignments. He'd tell me to go find this person. He'd say, I remember one time He gave me a vision a crystal clear vision. He said, there's a party going on across town. And he showed me the trailer house. And he said, there's somebody there that is suicidal. He said, you are to go there and to minister to that young man. Now that's a lot of information. I seen a vision. I thought, this is getting fun. Get in my car. I was on a motorcycle. I got on my... My dad bought me a motorcycle. Hallelujah! I'm not going to buy my kids a motorcycle. Those things are dangerous, man. We used to go with my friends 16 years old. We'd drag race them around Long Lake. 90 miles. I'm just kidding. I got no nobody... It's amazing how fast a motorcycle can go. Of course, after I got, you know, fully converted, now I just drive close to the speed limit. I get on my motorcycle, the Spirit of God comes on me, I'm crying, and I'm trying to drive, and the Spirit of God was on me, and I'm crying as I'm driving. And I get over there, and uh, I get off the bike, and I'm thinking, man, do I know anybody here? And I thought, well, I might know a few of these people. It's a small town. I get inside, wild party. Everybody's drinking. It smelt like marijuana in there. And uh, there I'm standing there on fire for Jesus. And I go, hi, how you guys doing? They go, hey. <laughs> I guess that's what you do at a party. And I sat down on, on a couch there, and when I sat down, uh, the Spirit of God was all over me. I'm not kidding you. Every time I breathed, I felt that freshness of the Spirit of God. And I'm looking around, and I'm trying to figure out who it is who's suicidal. And uh, finally, they had a TV program playing on the TV, and they were, I don't know, they had music, and they had TV, and they were drinking, and they were, uh, this whole place looked like a Cheech and Chong movie you remember that from back then. So I'm sure I smelled very fragrant after that. So they were watching a, a movie that was making fun of the gospel. And finally, I got up and I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It just it didn't feel right. I went out, I sat on my motorcycle and I took off. I went across town. I, I got off my house. And when I did, I sat there. I said, Lord, I don't understand. You told me to go there. And I turned around and there's a, a girl pulling up in a car, and she jumped out, and she said, this, when you left, the Spirit of God, uh, she said, when you left, it was like somebody poured water on a flame. She said, everybody left. I said, I just left. She said, I know. Everybody left, except for there's one guy there that's suicidal, and he wants me to bring you back to talk to him. 
really? That's what the Lord said, but it was like, this isn't working. So I go back and I sit there for about three hours. God's revealing things about his life. He's speaking to him through me. I felt like I was just a vessel that was there to be used. One thing after another, and scriptures were coming out, and, and wisdom and things, and he's bawling his eyes out on the couch. Then I said to him, I said, if you knew that Jesus was real, would you serve him? And I kept saying that over and over and over, and finally he says, I would. And when he said, I would, the Spirit of God filled that trailer house. And I got drunk in the Spirit. He was laughing. I was laughing, and somebody kept coming out and yelling at us for making so much noise. It was like 2 in the morning. And finally, I, I, I had to go, and I left him, and, and uh, he was just a mess. A guy that's ready to kill himself now is all jacked up for Jesus. How many know the gospel works? We get caught up in this, and we get caught up in that, and, and sometimes we get caught up in disappointment, and, and we're frustrated, we're mad at life, we're mad. We know God is there, but I'm mad at my wife, or I'm mad at my, my friend, I'm mad at somebody, I'm mad at life. And the Spirit of God is, is waiting for us to come out of that so He can use us again. He wants that fellowship and that friendship. Are you guys okay? I remember I went out and I sat on my motorcycle, and I remember that the moon was out. And uh, I don't think it was a full moon, but it was bright. And I remember sitting there, and I'm like, God, this is wild. Just a few weeks ago, I was partying. And now that's like, the, you, you are so close to me. And I was standing there, or I was sitting on my motorcycle. And I was just trying to gain my composure. And I was trying to be able to, and, uh, to, to ride my bike. And, and I just kept crying under the presence of God. Finally, I got on that thing, and I thought, man, I don't want to get a DUI being drunk in the Spirit. God designed our Christian life to be an adventure of love. God designed our walk with Him to be an adventure of love. To know the Spirit of God to walk in His freshness, to be effective wherever we go and wherever we're planted. And somehow we get derailed into things and we get off into bitterness, we get off into side things, we get off into religion and it takes the life out of our walk with God. God wants to bring life back into our walk with Him. Years later, the Lord spoke to me and He told me to go to Bible college, had an encounter with the audible voice of God after fasting and praying. Many, many days and weeks, I would fast and pray, just a young man, and the Spirit of God spoke to me audibly and it shook me to my core and I went off to Bible college and, and I just wanted to know the Word and to know God. And, and uh, I just began to seek Him there and God began to open up encounters. And I found that when I just simply put my heart in His hand, I have encounters with Him. Religion will get you nowhere, amen? I need to share the Word. 
I, I had a good message for you today. I'm telling you. Let's go to Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who did not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus walked according to the Spirit. He wants us to walk according to the Spirit. I was going through Galatians, and it talks about the power of the law in the Old Testament that the people, they live by the law to try to obtain righteousness to be accepted by God. And then it goes into Galatians and says, but if you're trying to do that and trying to always be good enough to win his acceptance, then Christ has no effect on you. That we need to embrace the work of the cross and embrace the work of the resurrection. And through Christ alone, we can have fellowship and friendship with God. Just say amen. Yes, we need to have integrity, we need to have morals, we need to have, you know, ethics, we need to do that. But we do not gain the acceptance of God through the law, we gain the acceptance of God through accepting Jesus. There is therefore no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ or are you out of Christ? I would suggest that you accept Christ and be in Christ today. Just say, I am in Christ. If you're in Christ, you have the ability to do the things that Christ did. We just so complicate this. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Are you free? Then live free. Get out of this trap that I'm never good enough to be used. Because I think if I have to be as good as Dwayne, I'm just never going to get there. I would say walk in the righteousness of Christ that comes upon you through your salvation and allow the Holy Spirit to refine you as you walk with Him. You guys okay? Number three, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He died so you could be free from the bondage of sin. Isn't that beautiful? So I'm going to obtain that. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me, not on my own merit, but because I've accepted Jesus. And I'm going to let Him refine me. Amen? It's so much easier to change when the Spirit of God is changing you than you can through your own effort. For what the law could not do, He, through Jesus, it can do through you. Amen? And to you. Number four, what the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If you are saved, you are to be walking in the Spirit. 
have, we have law and we have a life of the Spirit. And a life of the Spirit is freedom. Number five, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, say Spirit, Spirit. the things of the Spirit. Wow, is it that easy? He didn't design the gospel for triple PhD in philosophy and religion. The gospel is for the the. the simplest among us can understand the gospel. Amen? Religion complicates what God made simple. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Lord, teach me the walk of the Spirit. Show me the power of the blood of Jesus. Teach me to to understand these things. Teach me, Lord, Lord, like Paul said, that your hearts would be flooded with revelatory light so we could understand the things of Christ. It's such a beautiful walk to know the Spirit of God. Verse 7, Because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We can try to please God if we're in the flesh, and war and war and war and war, but it's not getting anywhere We are pleasing God when we grow close to Jesus. We understand the blood of Jesus. We understand the effect of the cross. We walk with Jesus and all that He did. The Bible talks about the cross, and through the cross, all the enmity, the anger of God was removed. It's better to be in Christ than out of Christ. Verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So he's talking to the church here. He said, you're not in the flesh. Don't act like you're in the flesh. Knock it off. I'm going to use some good English here. Knock it off. I'll never be good enough to be used. He's going, knock it off. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? One of the things that when we started to be, uh, when we started going overseas and God began to stretch us, we'd pray for people sometimes for hours at the altars for, for in those big prayer meetings, uh, healing meetings. One of the things that I found, one of the things that held me back from experiencing the flow of the healing power of God, the anointing of God, was condemnation. When I finally settled in my heart that My righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. I began to see miracles on a regular basis. It didn't make sense because I thought I had to be like Jesus in every way and everything in my life, but he's saying, I did the work on the cross for you. Step into that in faith and watch what I can do through you. Now, here's the beautiful thing. When that happened, I wanted to have stronger and better character. 
Because the closer I am with Jesus, the closer I am to Him, I begin to live like that. Not the other way around. The other way around is frustration and death. You guys okay? If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. How many have the Spirit of Christ? Then you are his, and you can be used. You can be used on your job. You can be used in the community. You can be used at the school board. You can be used wherever you go because the Spirit of God is in you and wants to manifest Himself. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of, the, because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I'm filled with His righteousness. Verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He has raised Christ from the dead, will also give you life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Wow. Just put your hand on your chest and say, Spirit of God, dwell in me. Fill me to overflowing. In Jesus' name. All right, we're almost done here. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. See, if we go back to that system again, it's going to be taxing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to sap your strength. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So I'm going to be filled with Jesus, and I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit as He's working on me in those areas. See, it's a much better way to, to win. Amen? So I wake up in the morning, I say, your mercies are new every morning. I'm going to tackle this day. I'm going to win people to Christ. I'm going to be used to the fullness that God has for me today, because your righteousness is my righteousness. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. I am starting today fresh. I can't be filled no more with the Spirit of God than what I am right now. I am full of God. I'm going to tackle any assignment He has for me. Now let's go and get it done. Instead of, oh, Oh, I didn't quite pray enough. Now, we pray enough so we can connect to God. We get sensitive to the voice of God. I love getting recharged in my prayer time. I have that Smith Wigglesworth Bible. I put it on my lap when I sit in my prayer room, and I, I sit there, and I just meditate on the Lord, and I, I get chucked full of the Spirit of God. But spending time in prayer or not spending time in prayer doesn't change my position as a child of God that can step out in faith at any time and see the mighty hand of God move on my life. Amen? But I want to be equipped. I want to be sharp. I want to be, I want to be ready so I invest that time because He's worth it. But it's not about condemnation. All right. Real quickly. For as many 
as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say this, say, I am a son or daughter of God. Okay, you don't have to say both. Just <laughs> We're having a problem with that nowadays. Just pick what you are. We can help you with that. Say, I am, if you're a man, <laughs> say, I'm a man of God. If you're a, a, a daughter, say, I'm a daughter of God. That's right. You are filled with the Spirit of God. Let's turn away from that thing that says, I'm not good enough, and let's start living large in Christ. Amen? That's what the Bible says. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption to whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So when you were saved, your spirit cried out, Abba, Father, and it's still crying out, Oh, God! Isn't that exciting? I can get into such a mind battle where I start feeling like I'm not measuring up again and all that other stuff. And sometimes the Lord will just shake me and say, knock it off. I like that when David, it was such a terrible tragedy. It was such a terrible thing. But, the, but he lost his son. Remember that? What a terrible thing. But I love the fact that he got up and it says he washed himself. He anointed himself and he said, let's get on with life. See, he could have grieved that moment for the rest of his life and penalized his life, but God wanted him to rule and reign as a king. And he said, I can't, he said, he can't go to me again, but I can go to him. He settled that in his heart. And he got up and he anointed himself and he began to reign as a king again. And it's time the body of Christ washes off the disappointment, anoints yourself fresh and says, let's get it on. Amen? Let's get something done. Let's win our neighbors to Jesus. Let's advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's do something. Let's win our families. Wow. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. How many know that, are, that you're saved? I know that I'm saved. Anybody not know you're saved? We're going to pray for you after this. 17, and if, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. That is powerful. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. No wonder the devil wants to hunt you down and try to brainwash you, telling you you're not good enough. You're not a good enough mother. You're not a good enough father. You're not a good enough worker. You're never good enough. And God's just like, follow me, and miracles, signs, and wonders are going to start to happen. Know that you're a, a king's kid. Know that you're an heir. Know that you've been glorified with Christ. No, you don't deserve it, but Jesus died and said you're worthy of it.
There was a man that went on a ship. I'll close with this. Went on a ship, and he couldn't afford it, but he raised some money. He finally went on this cruise, and and he brought all these crackers and cheese and bread. And it's kind of like when I'd go to Haiti, I'd always bring my own food. And and, uh, he'd go up on deck, and he's having fun. But when it came to mealtime, he would go down in his cabin and eat some meager food. And, and about four or five days, he only had like one day left of the cruise. And, and uh, he got to know this guy on the ship. And, and it came to dinner time. He says, you're going to go sit down with me? He said, oh, I can't afford that. He said, I brought my own food. He said, are you crazy? He said, all this food was included in the ticket. All this food was included in the ticket. All this food was included in the ticket. He said, are you kidding me? I've been living like a meager beggar. And all of this is included in the ticket. God wants us to rise up and understand that we can feast at His table. Amen? We can be used by God. We can extend our faith and belief for miracles. We can be used of God. Amen? Every promise in the Bible is for you. Amen? Let's stand up. It's time to get rid of that meager living and start being used of God like He intended it. Amen? Let's just wait on Him for just a moment. Wow. A few weeks ago, I felt the spirit, uh, uh, I felt a, a shift in, in like, it was like demonic energy. We had all these prophetic words and we were seeing miracles. We were seeing all kinds of fun things. And then all of a sudden it was like, Poof. I felt it. I don't know if anybody else felt it, but I had been feeling that for a few weeks. And I said, God, what's happening? And I'm battling through that and I wasn't hearing much. And I'm praying, I'm reading the word, and I'm going on my you know, off on my own and making excuses to run to town so I can be in my truck and pray, you know. What's going on? Finally, the Spirit of God, even this morning, He's just ratifying all the promises that He's made. He's ratifying the promises that He made. Those prophetic words are about to break loose like we haven't seen. That ox anointing that represents that apostolic anointing, the power of the Spirit. Signs and wonders. You see this deliverance move, but also what you're going to see, and the Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, just like you've seen this deliverance move, He said, the healing move is about to follow on its heels. And He said, I want you to lead in that. I don't know if He meant around the world, but as a church, to take our place and do what He's called us to do. Amen? Say amen. amen. But we can't if we don't understand who we are in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. I am an heir to the throne of God. I am called of God. I am anointed of God. I have the Spirit of God in me. I have a, the gifts of the Spirit in me. I ooze with the presence of God. Cut me and I'll bleed the Holy Ghost. Amen? I am anointed. I am appointed. You are anointed. You are appointed. The Spirit of God wrote the Bible for you. Put your hand on somebody. 
Hallelujah. Lord, we pray right now. We break off from our church any spirit of religion, that sense of works, that sense of defeat, that sense of just anguish and, and that arduous thing. We break that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we give you the right to flow in any way you want. Holy Spirit, invade our cell groups. Holy Spirit, invade our church. Holy Spirit, invade our homes. Holy Spirit, invade our workplace. Holy Spirit, we give you the right to use us, to give us again an adventurous life in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I was just going in the Spirit, and I just seen a, uh, I seen a professional person, uh, and I just seen you, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God is going to start using you at work and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to have great fruit and great results. And, the, and you've been saying to the Lord, Lord, is this stuff real? And the Lord says, uh, and I heard the Lord say, you watch as you yield to me. I'm going to begin to perform my word and my works in your workplace. So if you want that, just raise your hand. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I just see the Lord just showing me in the Spirit right now. Uh, I'm just looking out, and I just seen the word evangelism written over the whole congregation. And there's a, a release of, of the Holy Spirit in that area of evangelism. And if you want that, just say, God, give me the gifts of the Spirit. Stir me up in those things that I can win people to Christ. I can win people to Christ. And I tell a lot of stories, but... I, I was just hearing the Lord say to share stories to challenge people and that you can have the same adventures in your life. God is no respecter of the persons, amen? He's no respecter of persons. If he can use that Tom Scarella and, and Charles Champ and, and all these other guys, he can use you the same way, the same way. Put a stake in the ground and say, I declare it from this day on, I'm going to be used the same way. I'm going to be a prophet. I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to be whatever. I'm going to be an on-fire Christian to win our world to Jesus. But I'm not living a boring life in Jesus' name. I just was, the Lord showed me someone else that you got saved when you were young. Then you went through a season. You went through some hurt and some pain. And the Lord said, you've, you've turned aside and you've let other things fill your life. But on the inside, you know that I'm calling you. And the Lord said today, if you'll open your heart to me, I will forgive you of the past and I'll release those things and I'll give you an adventurous life that'll change the course of your future. So if that's you, that you've been struggling in your walk with him and you've been kind of playing around and just putting that off, the Lord has given you an opportunity right now to make that right with him. Just call out to him, say, God, I give you my whole heart. I give you my whole heart. In the name of Jesus. I need the, the ministry team to come up here. I know it's, it's after 12, but I want the ministry team to come up. And there's an anointing here that if you feel like you've been stuck, God's going to unstuck you. Maybe there's a deliverance you need. Maybe there's a sense of freedom. Maybe you need to confess something. But God is going to break something off your life today so you can leave here in victory. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and then I'd like you to come up and watch God work His Word through their hands. Amen? Amen. Father, we just pray you bless the people.
Thank you, Lord, for having them here to encourage them, to strengthen them. But Father, we pray for a new day in the Holy Spirit. Use them everywhere. Let them share the stories. Let the testimonies flood the internet. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for every one of them. God, you love them so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.